Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Alicia. And you know, I got the fabulous and wonderful Miss Tony. She's my right hand and sometimes my left over here. She is an awesome, awesome editor. If you're looking for an editor for your book, just send your request to on her website, um, booksrightediting.net. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. You know, it's You're so welcome. new, I still get tongue time saying it. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. I'm like, I have to think about it. I'm like, is it? I was going to say dot com. I was like, nope, it's dot net. Dot net. <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit different. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Like Leisha said, it is Thursday night. At least you got it right on the first try, girl. You're not rushing the week this week. <laughs> No, right. No, I'm not rushing the week this week. Uh-uh, not this week, no. Normally, yeah. Not this week. You know, normally I get so busy. But, well, you know what it is, is, well, everybody doesn't know, but I'm starting to write. So somebody asked me to um, write a short story for a anthology, and that's what I've been working on. And it's very mm-hmm. difficult to write a short mm-hmm. story. And I don't normally read short stories because I think that um, the reader doesn't get the meat and potatoes. They don't get to feel the the, the whole story and the passion behind the story because it, it, they tend to seem a little rushed sometimes. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like you're never really satisfied at the end. But right. it's, it's like a, to me, it's like a writing tool. It's something you can practice. You know, where I could practice, you know, my book comes out next year. Mm So I'm just going to go for it and just see what's what. You know, that takes me into our topic. Our topic today, 
today on Let's Chat is Rise Up. We have three special guest authors, Clay Thomas Williams, Selena Haskins, and Kimberly Jones. They're going to be kicking in the chat room door on today. And, you know, the title is <laughs> Rising Up is really what people normally don't do. It's really the opposite. A lot of times if you're in the background and you have to come to the forefront, that's rising up. And sometimes you have people that prefer to keep you in the background and you have to make make that step. But rising up is really just another way to say you have to is moving your feet. You got to move your feet. If you want mm-hmm. things to be differently, if you want things to happen, if you want certain things to be taken care of, sometimes you have to move your feet and do it yourself. Right. That's so true. And sometimes if you wait around, it won't get done the way you think it should be. So in order to make your voice heard, you have to step up step up out of the shadows and make whatever it is you want to happen. You know, create your own lane Absolutely. and rise up. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. You know, in when you create your own lane, it's no traffic. It's no struggle. It's no stress. It's nothing because mm-hmm. it's just you. It's it's paved just for you. Everything falls in line just for you as long as you put the work in. You know, you have to grind. You have to you, to work. You have to do with the the things that are needed. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. people might whine about stuff they got to do or, you know, they might feel like somebody else is supposed to do it, but nobody else is going to do it for you because right. just me and sometimes people just rather you not do it. You know, and you don't have to advertise what you're doing. They'll figure out what you're doing when you do it, you know, because yep. sometimes you have to watch that, too, when you advertise things because you don't want people to speak on things that you're trying to put together. Mm-hmm. And try to block your blessings because, you know, that's what we do here. We go about our business. We're not concerned with what's happening on the other lanes. It could be coming or going. You know, you create that own lane. You set your your your, your speedometer to, to – uh, Cruise control, and you just do what you got to do and make it happen. And like we should say, they'll see it when they need to see it, but they don't have to see all the mechanics to go behind it, all the hard work and all the maneuvering that you're doing to get to that point. When it's time to be seen, it will be seen. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing about social media. Social media, I like social media, especially Mm -hmm. as a reader, because you get to interact with all kinds of authors. You know, and so you used to never be able to do that. You had to, you know, maybe get on Amazon. You had to leave a mess. You know, your your inbox, your uh, review became yeah, a message you. board. Uh-huh. That became your message board, or you had to go to an event to meet them. And so now it's easier because it gives you that more intimate connection with your author, the ability to 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 come in contact with them. But at the same time. Social media can be a distraction. And Mm -hmm. this is the thing. You stay in your lane and you don't focus on what other people are doing, but you have to have things on your radar. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. you have to have things Mm -hmm. that you have on your radar that you're paying attention to, but that you're not really paying attention to, if that makes sense. It does because you want to be aware of what's going on, you know, and it just makes you uh, more conscious of not necessarily paying attention to what other people are doing, like you said, but just being 
aware of your surroundings. Just be aware of yeah. what's going on around you because you don't want to be blindsided and, like, uh, you know, thinking you're in a world by yourself because you're not. You're in a world mm-hmm. and you just got to know how other people are moving because they, sometimes they could be trying to move in on you. So you do have to be aware of other people's movements as it pertains to what you're doing. Absolutely. And not even just that. You, I always tell new authors, watch seasoned authors or authors that have been in the industry for a minute. Watch how they move. Mm-hmm. When they go to events, watch how they travel. A lot of people say, oh, I can't afford it. You're in and out. They go in, the event is Saturday, they get there either Saturday morning or Friday, and they're out Sunday morning. It's always an in and out, they're, unless they have mm-hmm. a, the ability to linger. So there's, if there's events, always try to make sure you can catch an event if it's 15 minutes or, or 45 minutes from your house or, you know, because you, you have to be able to network and interact. But watch how they move because that teaches you how to do certain things. Now, everything people do mm-hmm. – you can't repeat, you can't do, but it can show you like a, a blueprint. You know, look mm-hmm. at these successful authors, how they mingle. Are they, they mingle with book clubs. Okay, well, what kind of book clubs? You know what I'm saying? Where are the book clubs at? Maybe you should contact some of those book clubs and send them a free book. You know, things like that to help you push your brand and your pen forward. Mm-hmm. That's true. And um, just be aware of that because that's one thing I like here on Let's Chat Leash. We have new authors. We have new musicians. We have new people to the whatever te- particular business they're in. And we also have season. And sometimes we have them on the same show. And nuggets are always dropped. And there's always the, the ability to learn. So if you look back in our archives, we've had so many season guests in their chosen field that just shared their knowledge and, and how they move to get to where they are with the, the up-and-coming people that have the same passion, you know. So always mm-hmm. look at the people where in that genre or in that field of business that you're interested in and don't necessarily mimic their moves, but look at what they're doing. Look at how they're moving, like Lisa says. Absolutely. We're going to take a brief break, but we will be back. Let's play a little bit of that. Um, let's see. We have so much music. Shout out to all the artists mm-hmm. that send us music. We are so blessed mm-hmm. to be able to have that music. Um, we're going to play this song, uh, Gotta Believe in Me. And. Mm-hmm. We're going to play that song on today because her album has dropped. Okay. And we want to make sure that we uh, support her here on Let's Chat. As always, we love to support people. Shout out to Ebony Archer. Her single, um, her first single off of the Belief. Evolution album is dropping really soon, so we're going to play Gotta Believe for Ebony Archer. Congratulations, Ebony. Uh Doesn't matter if I'm going 
Are you an author looking for promotional services or a reader looking for a great read at low prices? In this competitive world of books, Writing Royalty Promotions is dedicated to bringing authors and readers together to build a greater respect for literature through our various promotional services and online bookstore. So head over to writingroyaltypromotions.com and check us out. the other day and I said that would make a great question for this show 
What was that mm-hmm. question you asked me the other day? Um, Girl, I asked you why so much. Is, <laughs> I know. No, you said, why is drama important in a book? Oh, the question was, why is drama and conflict important in a book? And I don't know. I would think all authors know that drama and conflict is what's needed in the book. That's what seals the deal with your readers. That's what draws them in. They don't have to be killing each other. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be gritty. It doesn't have to be grimy. It doesn't have to be over-sexual, over, over but it's got to be some drama and some conflict in there. It's got to spark their mm-hmm. interest and hold them. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think, T? It has to be um, some type of conflict because, you know, you don't want your story to be whole hum. And that's the only right. thing a, a dull. You want it to shine. You don't want to to just reek of dullness, you know, because then you don't hold the reader's interest. They're ready to just, like, skim through the pages, you know, if they even finish the book. So you want to keep their interest. You want to keep them glued. You want to keep that midnight oil burning. You want them to be tired the next day trying to go to work because they were so into your book, they couldn't sleep. Now, you know, we've had quite a few books like that, and um, that that book is full of conflict and drama. You don't want the Uh book to end up, oh, I know how this is going to end, so I don't even have to finish it. You know? That's right. Surprise me. (laughs) That's absolutely right. And the other thing I want to add is if you don't have conflict and you don't have drama, then you're really doing um, information dumps all over the book. Now, to information dump, I would say maybe a little here and there, but that makes the book fluffy. That means you have a whole bunch of unnecessary mm-hmm. information, and you're, like, running down the description. She had a blue dress, blue eyes, da 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 She drove this, she drove that, her hat, her hair. Oh, her childhood friend was Sally. Her and Sally, I mean, it's like, first of all, the fact that her and Sally are childhood friends is even makes, even does it have anything to do with the story. But when you run it down mm-hmm. like that, it's like you're trying to give the reader all this information, but if you don't spread it out, what's going to keep them going to Chapter 2 and Chapter 3? Because, you know, if you can't get the reader by at least the first 20 pages, the reader will put that book down. And they're mm-hmm. not going to pick it up. You have some that will because you have some authors that have a slow pen. But this is my mm-hmm. thing with authors with a slow pen. I have a hard time reading authors that have a slow pen. Only because if I have to get to the middle of the book before the book gets good, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to read the book. I'm just being mm-hmm. honest. Like, really, if you mm-hmm. can't get me by page ten, at least you're going to put that book down now. If it's somebody <laughs> I know, I might read the end of the book to see if I want to go ahead on and trudge through it. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I will put it down unless I know the person and they're asking me to read it and I want to support them. So, yeah, then I'll read the end of the book, and I'll say, okay, then I'll go back through, and I'll read it. But when you got, if I have to take out my pen and start taking notes to remember what I read, it's a problem. Right. Mm -hmm, It's a problem. And also, Leash, it is a problem. And, you know, we've had some books. I've had some books where I had to call you, Leash, you got to get this book. It grabbed me from the first sentence. You, that, that is a book that I am going to be in, until I'm finished. You know, there's a couple of books just that I tell you that I'm reading that it I didn't even go to the gym. 
you know, I'm sitting outside. I didn't even eat lunch because I am so into this book. It You want a book that just holds your reader. And those books held me, and I still feel them all this time later since I've read it. So grab that reader by that first page, that first paragraph, that first sentence, and keep that conflict and drama coming. Absolutely. Speaking of conflict and drama, you know, we have the fabulous Clay Thomas Williams on, and we had her and Tanya Robinson on our show um, last year or the year before. They wrote a book together. Mm -hmm. When I say drama and conflict, them two right there, Mm -hmm. we was like, wait a minute. Not wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) So she has another book that's getting ready to drop. We're going to bring her into the chat room. Okay. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? We are good. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. So you gotta get us. Yeah, you gotta keep. You gotta get us up to date on what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen over there. Girl, I just finished. Well, I just actually released a new book. It's called The Accidental Swinger, and um, Mm. I know. Can't say that. How you gonna accidentally be a swinger? How you gonna accidentally be a swinger? Right? You know, you absolutely kept falling and falling into the same crap. You accidentally <laughs> swung. You didn't do it purposely. <laughs> but it, it it touches on a little bit of erotica. It touches on. I wouldn't even say it's a love story. It's not oh, a heck of it. It's it's a lot of erotica in it. And and to follow up on what you guys were just talking about, there's some pretty good drama that draws you through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just want to I just want to jump in there, um, Clay. This is Tony. Leisha and I were just hey, talking Tony. about grabbing grabbing your reader. Let me tell you yeah. that that title, "Accidental Swinger." Leisha had me at "Accidental Swinger." Those first two <laughs> words of the title. <laughs> I had you at hello. That's what's up. Yes. Girl. And I can't wait the cover. CT, you ain't get to get you ain't get the whole. See, this is the thing. We love eye candy, and books can be <laughs> books. Your synopsises, all of that is part of the eye candy. But the thing with mm-hmm. um, a, a author being able to um, sell themselves and do and pitch their book where they're not throwing up the synopsis. I love the mm-hmm. way she did it because just by the way she did it, had I not seen the cover, I don't want to go buy it. I'm going to get my one click on because she <laughs> she put that eye candy out there, your book, the cover, the synopsis, the name, all of that, the colors mm-hmm. that you use, the way you speak on your work, the way you speak on your pen, all of that is part of that eye candy for readers. That grabs them mm-hmm. in. And you let your your, content of what you're writing to do the rest. Exactly. And I'm going to add that something to that, um, Leash. You know, Clay, Leash and I are avid readers. But everything that Leash just talked about, your book, because that cover Mm -hmm. is hot, that's just foreplay. Thank you. You know, that's foreplay, girl. Yeah, it is. So we digress. You can go ahead. We just interrupt your intro. Go ahead and finish telling us no, what you got cooking. I like the way y'all did that. Can you tell we're excited? Yeah, yes, y'all did that. Don't have me excited. Don't have me like, yeah, for real, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> y'all just dashed me up. That's the title. Accidental. I'm like, well, how you accidentally start swinging and, and what's going on? See, now I'm on Amazon. I'm trying to get my one click on right now. 
I did okay. mine already, Lee. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Y'all tell me, so y'all got me sitting here like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> got me feeling myself a little bit. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, but tell us a little bit about the story. Um, it's about a woman named Dallas McGraw, who mm-hmm. owns her own adult toy line. And she oh. was actually her own first model because she didn't have anybody to model for her mold. So that was the first toy that she sold. So she goes from state to state, you know, giving lectures on how to use her toys properly and safely and, you know, selling them to the masses, to adult toy stars and adult stars, I'm sorry. And um, she's in a really bad relationship, sexless, loveless relationship, and her significant other's always, like, accusing her of doing stuff she hasn't done. So she goes on this trip and starts getting approached on the kick messenger. She doesn't know who it is, so she kind of falls into the responding to his videos, and he wants her to reciprocate when he's sending her beat material. And um, she finally does kind of fall into it, and if I give away too much, you'll know what the story is. They'll know what the story is without reading it, but... She gets invited mm-hmm. on a, a ship, which I say sent a swim. She is, it's like a Ooh. floating orgy is where the <laughs> accidentally swinging begins. Ooh, girl. Y'all better get y'all one click on. This is for the grown and sexy. I'm just saying. Grown and sexy. Click, click, click. And don't be doing that work. <laughs> and on the bus and, and all of that where people can be all in. Because, you know, folks be nosy. They be all in. the what, They want to know what you're reading and all of that. So, you know, that's one of the yeah. ones you got to cover up and read it. Get <laughs> right. you some um, ice water. Cover. And, and, <laughs> yeah, ice water and sit by yourself and, and go ahead on and dive into this here work. Because I shall get yeah. my one click on. Absolutely. It's funny you should say that, Lisa. You know, I, uh, Clay, I live here in New York, and sometimes I take the subway when I'm not walking or dragging Alicia those 20 blocks. But <laughs> I be I be eye hustling to see what people read. I'm guilty of it. So I'm one of those that Alicia's talk about, like, what you reading? And if I got my Kindle, I'm going to be looking it up and trying to see if it's worth me one clicking. <laughs> That's right. I'm originally that from New York right. myself, and I used to do the same thing, just look. But mm-hmm. you know, that's, I like hardcovers, but I'm looking like what they're reading. I'm and looking. I'll be going through Googling it, trying to figure out what they're reading. I'm like, okay. Yes, but, that's it. See, that's the life of New York. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And if it's a hardcover entitled, I'm there for it. I'm like, like where you get that? <laughs> yeah, some nosy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where you get that? You know what? That is so true. You have, see, I think what covers, it has to, if your cover is about suspense, then it should bleed and scream suspense. If it's right. a seductive type book and or a passionate, your cover should scream and bleed that passion, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a, a shoulder that's just, you know, slightly showing or some bad pair of shoes, because, you know, shoes and accessories can be very Ooh. sexy, especially mm-hmm. women. That is our eye candy. That will bring us yeah. in. So mm-hmm. all of that is key when you are um, trying to lure the reader into your writing web. Now, Clay, right. I want to just go back because you're a police officer. I am. I am. I live in North Carolina now, and I'm a police officer here. 
So how do you balance being a police officer and being an author? Do they, like, know that you write and what you write, or you just kind of? You know what? A few of my coworkers <laughs> have bought the book, and I be getting a side eye from time at work. <laughs> Some people will be like, even one of my captains stopped me a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, I've been hearing stuff about your book because one of the dispatchers had bought it, and she was reading it in the dispatcher. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to buy a copy of it. I was like, mm-mm, don't do that. <laughs> he was like, no, I want to support. I was like, no, no, mm-mm. I'm here looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but that's the biggest compliment, though. But he's a pastor on top of it. You know, he's oh, my captain, but yeah, he's okay. a pastor. Pastor, you can't read that. I can't never go to your church. I can't come to oh. work. You're going to be praying that's for That's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, that's a game changer. <laughs> Mm. I mean, I balance it pretty much. This is how I cope with police work. All the bad stuff I see during the day, my writing helps me really cope with it. And Mm -hmm. I have a very vivid imagination, so I'm going to get some writing in Mm -hmm. on my downtime when I get home. Mm-hmm. Now, all you criminals, we just want to let y'all know, y'all become content in the book. I'm just saying, watch what you do. I was about to say all the pieces in there. Because <laughs> in the front of the book, it's got the disclaimer. It's got the disclaimer in the front of the book. It may be familiar, but you yes. have to believe. She like, oh, the neighbor next door? Ooh, not even the yeah. neighbor next door. She right down the hall. Oh, this is juicy. I need to make a note on this when you in there. Mm-hmm. All that dirt. Please, please, you calling out the criminals. <laughs> yeah, right. Change the names to protect the guilty. <laughs> See, because you know, in the book of fiction, you can drop as much tea as you want. It's just similar. So many people are doing the same thing. You just dropping tea all over the place. Well, we got a exactly. caller, Clay. You mind taking the caller? No, let's take it. Okay. We got nine one four six one nine. You're live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, y'all. This is Tanya. Tanya Robinson. Hey, Tanya. Tanya. That would be me. <laughs> you know, I got to call in and support my homegirl and chat with y'all for a few. Oh, Absolutely. Now, what, yes, what you got cooking in that literary kitchen? What you cooking over there? Yeah, well, this is not about me. This is about Clay. <laughs> well, you already on here now. We got to but, get to what you. But, but you know, something's cooking in the pot. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. For those that don't know, I know, right? Just let them one click while they're clicking on that accidental swinger. You better give them some other stuff to click on, girl. <laughs> well, let's just say the way the accidental swinger ends, it will be a sequel. Ooh. Yes. Uh oh. Y'all heard it. See? That's some tea. <laughs> There's the tea right there. Mhm. Just do a little stir and tap the spoon on the end of the cup. That's right, there it is. <laughs> we, we appreciate you calling in, Tanya. We're gonna place you back in the queue. Absolutely. Now Clay <laughs> Now Clay, when you were writing um this book what was the most uh, difficult part uh, of writing this book? 
because you have to you have to go into a world that you haven't been in unless you're trying to tell us you're a swinger. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on some of that. <laughs> like I always say, every so has a hint of the truth. I know, right? You know, some of it is true, so it's easy to write, and then some of it is embellished. A lot of it's embellished, so I'm not going to say which part. (laughs) Oh, all right now. Now, Clay, this is Tony. I'm going to flip that question that Alicia just posed because you've been a little evasive over there. You know, we're (laughs) going to have you swerving in that lane of yours. What was the most... What was the most fun part of writing that story? I mean, as far as research, you know, we're going to keep it uh, clinical. (laughs) The research would have been the swing clubs, the floating orgy. That was was, the best part was the research. (laughs) Some of it I can rely on memory. I'm not going to lie, but some of it Uh is research. (laughs) Wow. See, it's talked to some people Uh that are swingers, joined a few swinger clubs. You know, online. Uh-huh. Right. Even attended a one or two. One uh-huh. or two. <laughs> one or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it was all yeah, research. Was just... It wasn't the name of research. Good fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it was all in giving the reader all a good book, a visual. You want them to actually That's feel right. like they're there, right? Exactly. I did that for y'all. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. <laughs> we thank you for the team. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. Now, we were sitting here a year from now, and we were talking about the things that you have accomplished in 2017. What are some of the things we'll be talking about? So far in 2017, I've gotten half of an, well, I've gotten another book finished. I'm working on a movie. Um, oh. doing a webisode and um, making sure my son graduates high school and gets the hell out of my house. <laughs> so. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm there for all go. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I need you to have, look, I need you to have somebody's school dorm with a place for you to lay your head to go to when it's time to go. So I'm exactly. I'm <laughs> what you need so you can have somewhere to go. So, and make sure they got a exactly. washing dryer because don't be bringing me no dirty clothes. Exactly. Mama kitchen closed. <laughs> Laundry room too. And my wallet. That's, Ooh, too. that's the most important. That's Absolutely. the most important. Now what does literary success look like to you? You know what I think every accomplishment I have is literary success. Every little accomplishment. If it's if I finish three chapters tonight, I feel accomplished. Because mm-hmm. I'm tired as all hell. I just drove back from New York the other night, and then I just drove to the coast today and back, and I'm tired, and I'm still going to go home in a couple of chapters. And so in the morning, I'll wake up and go, I feel accomplished. That's To me, that's my accomplishment, one little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, Clay, this is Tony. What is your most favorite part of being an author? What brings you joy to say that you're an author? When people actually read my work and they discuss it with me. A lot of people hit Mm. me up on Facebook and they video chat me. People I don't even know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Video chat me or Mm -hmm. they actually call my phone because my number's in there. 
and they'll call me and ask me questions about the book. And I, I honestly, I love it because it mm-hmm. lets me know that somebody's reading somewhere, and it it just feels good. That's the best part of me writing when people call and go, "Hey, well, what happened?" I mean, they talk to me like it's real people. They're like, "Well, really, mm-hmm. what happened with so and so? Well, why didn't she do this?" And I'll be mm-hmm. like, "Uh, uh, because it's a book." <laughs> <laughs> I love that part where people talk to me and they really enter the characters, and I really love that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's that's so cool. And what is the ratio between men and women? Do you get men hitting you up, especially with a title like Accidental Slinger? It's mostly men, yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Girl, I did we, not expect you to say that. <laughs> yes. It's mostly men. It's funny. I, when my that's first book came out on Up Next Media a couple of years ago, and then there were none. Mm-hmm. I have a scene where it's like a sex scene on a balcony in Jamaica. People were going on spring break and on their vacations were sending me pictures of my inbox of balconies saying it's about to go down. I loved it. I thought oh. it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're touching people worldwide. Yes, one balcony Absolutely. at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, this is Lisa. We kind of have to uh, announce ourselves because we sound so much alike. Now, when you were writing this book, did you ever have a time where you had writer's block? And if you did, how did you, how were you able to overcome that? You know, I never get writer's block. Thank God. I get lazy. (laughs) You know, I'll just be sitting around and I'll just be like, I don't feel like writing. But my mind will be moving constantly Mm -hmm. to the point where I can't even sleep at night. So it's like something saying, get your tail up and write. It's just lazy. I'll mm-hmm. just lay there and be like, oh, I don't feel like doing anything. But mm-hmm. something, if it's probably Tanya Robinson somewhere willing me to write, because she's always hitting me in my ear going, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> you got a deadline, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> but honestly, I never have writer's block. Just a case of the lazy. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's so true. I call it lazy pen syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. real. It's yeah. real. People get. Crazy pen syndrome often. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could tell your younger uh, self something that uh, you have learned through the years, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin. She just put you up under the bus. was like, girl, just say no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just said, don't marry Kevin. <laughs> That's some funny stuff right there. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have listened. I'd probably been like, girl, mind your business. <laughs> and did it anyway. Wow. Okay. We're going to move on from Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Kevin. He's, He's probably sorry, listening Kevin. on here, right? <laughs> oh, no. This is Tony Clay. Now, what was your most favorite part of writing this book? Um, Actually, the boat scene. The boat scene, every mm. little intricate detail of the boat scene, I loved it. I loved my character, Fatima, even though she was like a troublemaker. I loved writing her mm-hmm. as a troublemaker because I think mm-hmm. I live vicariously through my characters. And mm-hmm. I, they do stuff I wouldn't really would not do. But in the book, mm-hmm. yeah, that's me. <laughs> See, that's what Alicia and I were talking about, that drama and that conflict, because you, you have to have characters in a book that's going to keep that interest. You know, right. that's going to keep the, the reader like, wow, yeah. I know somebody like that. <laughs> or oh, that's me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Always got to have that one person everybody loves to hate, 
in that one mm-hmm. person everybody just loves and wants to see more of, like my character Cam. Everybody wants Cam to have a book of her own. They're like, okay, Cam needs her own book. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I think the most important thing, you know, people always tend to ask, is a book, uh, are authors' books plot-driven or character-driven? But I really think that they need to be both. You have to have characters to give your book legs, but at the right. same time, your plot is what holds the readers to your work. Absolutely. Because you can have all the great characters and no plot. That still makes the book a little boring. That's right. my opinion. And I agree 100%. That's true. Great plot and some good characters and everything because everybody's going to either love or hate your characters, but if whether they love them or hate them or not, if the plot is crap, people are like, well, they didn't do anything. Well, what happened? Why did I even mm-hmm. bother? Mm-hmm. And those are the I'm ingredients to having a good, good, you know, a good book. Right. I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> that had no direction whatsoever. Put the shade of No direction. Okay, we got to move on for Fifty Shades. We've got we on some moving on tonight, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nick. Well, I'm going to give you a fun question, Clay, as you uh, leave the chat room. And, you know, we so enjoy when you come up in here because you just shake things up. And we got to get everything resituated when you leave out of here, you know, because the swingers have left the chat room. But anyway, <laughs> if I'm da- driving down the street and I pull up next to you on the highway with your convertible and your top down, and I hear you singing, what song are you belting out? Because you swear you can sing it better than the artist. Oh, I can sing it. I'm singing right now. I'm singing to the left, to the left. (laughs) Everything you own. Hey, girl. (laughs) I'm blasting and letting my weed fly in the wind, all that. (laughs) See, I knew the question to ask you. She's just letting it all go, just swinging it all around. But thank you so much for joining Alicia and I here on Let's Chat, Clay. Before you leave the chat rooms, give a shout-out to all your social media sites and anything else you want our listeners and your new readers that have one-click that accidental swinger to know what you got going on. Okay. Well, thank you, Alicia and Tony, for having me on the show. And I want to shout-out Tanya Robinson and James Townsend, um, Life Changing Books, Azarel. Um, You can find me on Clay Thomas Williams on Facebook, on misfiction underscore Clay, on Instagram, Clay Thomas Williams on Twitter. Um, you can pull up next to me in my, what I call my bookmobile, my truck. I can send you a book out the trunk of my car. You can find me on Amazon. I'm talking about. And, and Target.com. I'm everywhere. Awesome. That <laughs> and branding, if you catch my girl. mama, she'll send you a book too. Oh, there you go. Keep it in the family. <laughs> you know, that's, that's your biggest you so promoter much. right there, your mama. Yeah. She's like, buy my yes, baby's right. book. Yeah, she never read it. Well, buy my baby's book. <laughs> buy my baby's book. You know, she don't write a book. She got other ones. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> my, my mama can't tell you nothing about none of my books because I won't let her read them. But she will sell the heck out of them. Be like, who's going to say no to a mama? Right? Yeah, who's going to say no? Go. <laughs> exactly. 
But thanks so much, Clay. And you know, you are always welcome here. You know, when you drop that part too, as Tanya has hinted to us, we want you back in the so chat. We have to have y'all back on. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to have y'all both on here. so we can talk that talk. <laughs> yes, I will be here. Well, thanks for joining us. You have a great evening. Thanks for having me. Good night, ladies. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. <laughs> You should know I can't wait to dive into that one, girl. I know. Just the the accidental swinging, I'm like, I need to um get my life up in this read here. I need to see what's going on because I don't see how you accidentally swinging on anything, but let's see what you're swinging on and if it was really an accident, you know. Exactly. <laughs> That's that kind of book, Lee. You know, I'm going to go in tomorrow and schedule me a day off. <laughs> That's my reading day. <laughs> Right, so you can read it. Look, don't come in here bothering me. Don't ask me for nothing. I, nobody know I'm home. <laughs> that's the that's best right. Way to take off. Everybody else is gone. <laughs> that's right. We appreciate everybody that is tuning in to Let's Chat. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with the fabulous Selena Haskins. We're going to play okay. you a little... Kimber Nicole and Miss Necessary. Shout out to Furnace, Team Furnace over there, EP Pope, making it happen. Perfect, yeah, got it, yeah, worth it, that's a third, third, third. Like 
every time we be chilling On me, I swear he can get it He rolled it up and I lit it How you got me all in my Got me all in my feelings I don't even know what the deal is But you better know that I'm tripping All these chicken heads will be tipping Trying to creep up all on my knees Cause they recognize me the realest They recognize me the illest Oh my God Oh my God Oh my and setting it up and 
you know, read a lot of books and networking with people. And like I said, I'm uh-huh. still learning. And hopefully I may get to the point where I can publish other writers. Uh-huh. Well, that's awesome. You know, because self-publishing, like you said, is not easy, you know, because you have to learn every aspect of, of writing a book from start to finish. And then there's the promoting on top of that. So it's a constant learning ex- experience. And hats off to you for taking that route, being a newbie in the business. But to share, you know, we have authors and we have, you know, up-and-coming publishers on the line. But one, what one key ingredient that you can share with us that you learned in in the publishing journey? Well, one thing I learned is that you have to have a budget. You have to have a budget, mm-hmm. and then you have to realize that everything is going to cost you something unless you learn how to do it yourself. And uh-huh. that that entails, you know, designing your own book, formatting. Um, I don't recommend editing it yourself, but um, even promotions, you know, when you see the nice images that people promote on social media, you know, uh-huh. being able to have those special skill sets, you know, those Photoshop skills, and to be able to just do those simple things, Mm-hmm. On your own can save you a lot of money, though, you know. So mm-hmm. I was, I'm a self-taught person, but I also reach out to, like, my husband is really tech tech savvy. So mm-hmm. I try to learn as much as I can from him, too. So those are my two big things, setting the budget, understanding that things are going to cost you, but also mm-hmm. um, developing your skill set, you know, for these different computer programs so you can learn how to do these things on your own. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, Leisha have Bebo has this saying that what is it, least if you don't if a poor man, you know, uh, yeah, you, you always can't quote be, it. You can't be broke and be an author or a publisher because it all mm-hmm. everything costs money, and that's true. That's you know, true. you can't um, you can't and stay away from the the. Like, you know, everybody has their cousin Susie's friend, Sally, that, that you know, was editing, or she was good in English, so now you want her to edit your book. This is the thing with the <laughs> editor. <laughs> they got to be able to not only copy edit. First of all, I'm going to go back, because copy editing is something that the author should be doing when they're polishing their novel. When you're sending your book to the to the editor, they're there for development and to tighten it up not to mm-hmm. make sure you spell go and where and there right. So exactly. a lot of times authors don't polish their novels. They don't do the read, write, read, write process. And that's something that we learned in grade school. The process is still the same. You write, you read, you write, you read. You have to make sure that you are on point. But when it comes to checking for gr- grammatical things, I can see things that you don't know, but spelling errors and where to put the comma in the period, those are things that the author should be making sure. And it saves you money, first of all. Polishing your mm-hmm. your book is very efficient. Because the thing is, a, um, a editor, some editors only touch it once and send it back. But some exactly. touch it up to three times. And so if they're touching it one to three times and it needs work, Guess what else they're going to send you? They're sending you another bill. 
You know what I'm saying? They they sending you a bill. So you want to oh, make yeah. sure that you are spending your money wisely and and that everything mm-hmm. is effective. Everything that you're doing is effective in some way, shape or form. You can't the days of expecting the editor to just write your stuff or fix your stuff, those days is over because self publishing is is coming through so fast that it's going to cost you an arm, a leg, and an elbow because you expect the editor to rewrite your stuff because you don't want to mm-hmm. go back through it. Exactly. And that's one of, you know, that's part of my learning and growing that I learned from my first novel, actually, because I actually spent a lot of money into that project, and then I had to end up paying to get it redone all over again. And Mm -hmm. that is one of the things that authors do need to be aware of is that an editor's job is not to rewrite your book. They're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to you to do it. And so from my learning experience, this is what I come to understand. And to whoever is listening right now, a lot of times, and I experienced this, we become anxious. We write a story, we have an idea, oh, this is fire, you know, we get all excited, and we want to hurry up and put it out there. But I'm telling you, whatever you do, always recognize that it takes patience to write a really good book and to have a nice, smooth read. That means Uh just what you just said, a lot of rewrite. Rewriting and reading over and over and over again until it's perfected as best as you can. And that's not happening. And I've read other self-published authors' books, and I'm like, well, wow, I see why we get a bad reputation. Because Uh some of it is obvious that a person didn't take their time to really, um, you know, rewrite and rewrite until it's better. And I see Uh a lot of that. And another thing that kind of offends me when it comes to writing is when people make their books free, you know, as if that justifies all the mistakes in their book or the mm. the horrible plot <laughs> that they didn't develop, you know. That oh, preach, girl. It's so it's like yeah, it's free, but it really should be trash. And I don't – I'm. I'm sorry, but it's too many free books out there that become these top, you know, sellers. And that's the only reason why people make their books for free. Let's keep it real. Because they want to see, you know, their book titles move up the ranks. And all that means is, is that people downloaded it because they saw free. Oh, this is free, so I'm just going to buy it. And then what it does is boost them up the ranks. But then after they read it and you go look at the review, what are their reviews? One and two stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, and then to some degree, some of the onus on that should be to the reader. Like, okay, this is free, but let me check out the reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, do I really want to waste mm-hmm. my time and reading a book with all these bad reviews? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, even if it is free. <laughs> Because reviews, they have a flip side to them. 
a lot of times if you do your job and you do your job well as an author and you put that pen on them right, your reviews become a message board. So when I look at books, if it's somebody that I have never heard of or I've never spoke to or been able to experience, I look at the one-star reviews first. Because first of all, your first 25-star reviews, that's your friends and your family telling you the book is great. Exactly. They probably ain't even read it. They're just going to tell you it's great. I'm looking at the one-star review, and I'm looking because I want to see, did you put them in your fil- in their feelings? If you put the reader in their feelings, they're going to be on there ranting. Why you got Sarah and Joseph together? I don't even, you know, I want to know what's going on with Sarah and Joseph, that she had to use this to send you a message that she ain't like the way you put that relationship together. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's part of the eye candy sometimes. Now, if right. you get those reviews that talk about the editing and this and that and the development, that lets you know that you may not want to read it. Right. But for the most part, a one-star review is because the reader is in their feelings, and that's the only way that they can uh, express to you their dislike on the decision that you made in your book. That's true. I always felt like, from my experience, from being a reader, because I'm always a reader first, is an honest review is usually um, not to say it's not five stars. Some books are really just that great, and I've given them given them myself. But somewhere in the middle is what I always assume is an honest assessment because I've I've read books like if it's three stars or four stars, and then I read it, I'm like, yeah, it was. Or on the other hand, I actually read books and I say, what? You just gave us three or four stars and five stars. But when I really think about it, and if the person really explained why they did a three or four stars, and I thought the process a little bit more, then I say, oh, okay, I can see their point. But, you know, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so true. That's why, you know, Absolutely. you have to go sift through the reviews and, and, and kind of just take it on and read it for yourself so you can form your own opinion. But, Cindy, can you tell us about your latest project, your latest piece of work that you have out? Sure. My latest project, it'll be, like I said, it'll be out next month. I'm actually reading the proof, speech, speaking of proofing right now. I have the proof <laughs> copy, and I can read the synopsis. It's about... A Southern girl, Jermaine Landry, wants to become a writer in the big city of Washington, D.C. She meets the mm-hmm. privileged heartthrob and a college football player, Angelo Pearson, who is used to having anything and every girl he wants. A loner by nature, Jermaine is not easily impressed with Angelo's bravado, but he eventually charms his way into her heart. This pair of opposites attract develop a friendship that catches fire. Their love is seemingly shatterproof, until a malicious scheme leads them down a path that could end tragically. Twenty years later, thoughts of yesterday still haunt Jermaine until an unexpected encounter leads her to the pearls of truth. Jermaine just may have a second chance at love or finally free herself from the memories of a long time ago. Uh So... This is a story that's a cross between uh, young adult romance and new adult. And I say that because they start off in college, but there's a part two within the book 
when they mm-hmm. become adults. So that'll be a new genre that I'm exploring right now. And, um, you know, I've, I've been enjoying it so far. But then again, mm-hmm. it's mine, so I, I'd be interested more in what the readers would have to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what genre would you place that in, young adult? Well, I think I would do new adult romance because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think it's a high school story, you know. It's, right. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a college romance. It's two people that fall in love when they're in college and then they become adults. So okay. that's the my target audience is, you know, mid to late 20s and then, you know, on up from there. But I don't want it to be like teenagers, you know, because it's not, it's not written in that kind of youthful stage. Mhm. Mm. And and Alicia and I talk about you know knowing your target audience, so it's a good thing to to you know to keep that in the back of your mind when you're writing and 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 who you're targeting, so that you can promote towards them. Oh yeah, my first book. Um, that audience was just, you know, the general fiction audience of mostly adults. And the same for my second. But this was, I got the idea to write in this this particular genre, especially like romance, from my previous editor because of the way I would describe certain scenes from my previous novel. And Mm -hmm. um, she felt like... (laughs) You know, they were very romantic the way I would describe love scenes. And she was just like, I think you should try, you know, this this particular genre and just see, you know, what happens. So I decided to give it a shot. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Now, this is Felicia. What is your pen flavor? Do you prefer to write in first person or do you prefer to write in third or second person? Um, I prefer first person because I think it's like more, you really can get inside the character's mind as if you're them. That's just Uh the way I do it. And my first book was in third person. And I felt like when you write in third person, you are explaining everything, you know, and it was just a little bit too much where I think first person is easier because, it's always from one particular person's perspective instead of everybody, you know, when you do third person. So, mm-hmm. and um, my latest, my upcoming novel yesterday was a long time ago. That is, a, that is written in first person. So, you know, you really um, become very much engaged in the characters that way, I feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now you started mm-hmm. writing four years ago. What was, or four books ago, what was going on in your world that made you want to step out and become an author? Um, well, I've been writing since I was a child, and um, I just never did anything with it. I would just write and just share my stories with people. And when I wrote A River Moves Forward, which was my first published book, it I had actually written it six years prior to publishing it. And people that I shared it with, they said, you know, you should really try to publish this. This is really good. And then I just, like, 
okay, well, maybe I should finally do something with this, you know, instead of just sharing my stories with people and then it it only goes but so far, you know. Um, so that inspired me. And then when I had my son, I always felt like I wanted to leave something behind for him, you know, to know uh-huh. that his mother always had a passion for writing and that when he, you know, goes online now and he sees my name and stuff like that, I just kind of, I don't want to sound shallow, but I want to leave some kind of legacy behind for him to say that, okay, my mom Mm -hmm. did this, you know, she, she created something, she shared it with the world and there are people that know her, you know, and it's something Mm -hmm. positive. So I just kind of, he was my motivation as well. Mm-hmm. And this is Tom. With that being said, is there anything in your bucket list that you have yet to accomplish? Um, in terms of writing, I I wouldn't mind, you know, eventually getting picked up by, um, you know, a big publishing house, you know, and getting that deal where. I can write full time because I only do this part time. And if I had more time to devote to it, I could definitely, you know, kick out more stories. Um, So that would be one of the things on my bucket list. And then my other thing would be to have the opportunity to meet some of my favorite authors. Mm. So, yeah. And you want to share a few of those? Who's in uh, (laughs) Selena's library? Who do you be reading, girl? (laughs) I'm old school. I'm traditional old school. I love, like, Connie Briscoe, Margaret Johnson Hodge, Omar Tyree, Eric Jerome Dickey. I come from that. So I come Mm -hmm. from that 90s era where, you know, African Americans were really, you know, booming and getting these major deals in the publishing industry and stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, Carl Weber, I remember Carl Weber when – he wasn't even writing. He had a bookstore in Virginia. So, really? you know, all of these people, um, I would really like to, you know, meet them in person, you know, pluck their brains mm-hmm. for more publishing knowledge, you know, and mm-hmm. figure out how they became so successful. Mm. Well, you need to check out our archives. Um, Omar has been on our show a number of times, and he always brings, uh, what's that we love? Conflict and drama to a <laughs> to the chat room. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Look him he, up. He's be very back personable. In the chat room on, yes, he is. He'll be back in the chat room on May 18th. Um, May 18th. Okay. And, yeah, he'll be back in the chat room. We're also going to have Eric Jerome Dickey in the chat room soon. We're just trying to get our dates together, so make sure you stay tuned to uh, what's going on on Let's Chat, and you might get to have a little interaction with some of your favorite authors. Oh, I look forward to that then. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, I have a question. So if we're sitting here a year from now and we're talking about your accomplishments in 2017, what are some of the things we'll be talking about? A year from now, hmm. I will probably <laughs> um, I will probably be talking more about my screenwriting because I'm interested 
and television, you know, writing for, you know, certain television shows and eventually maybe make my way to movies. But I think TV is the thing right now where um, you have all these series and shows out there that is is really picked up. So Mm -hmm. I will probably be talking about how I'm trying to maybe shop some of those stories, ideas, story ideas for TV. Mm. But I have to educate myself first. So I will be taking a screenwriting class soon, probably this winter. Mm-hmm. And a lot of books have gone to like web series too. Have you checked out any of uh, any one with web series out? No, I haven't actually. Mm-hmm. Well, some that have been on our show uh, include Silk White. Who else we've had, Leash? Um, we had Drew Miller, Deb Books. Uh, they've gone into web series, and those are some awesome, awesome series. So that's Silk White and June Miller that we can think of off the top of our head. Well, oh, okay. Had Anton... I'm down as you're talking it. <laughs> yeah, we've had Anton mm-hmm. Inch uh, Thomas on our show as well, and he does the 848 mm-hmm. uh, web series. We've also had, um, what is his name? I'm Joshua, uh, yeah, Joshua Gilliard. He has oh, yeah. He has a series on uh, YouTube called Oddly Odin, and that's one that's based on the life of him and his sister. So we've had some awesome, awesome screenwriters and uh, web series producers, web series writers and producers on. I always mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. um, say you, whatever you want to do, whatever direction you want to go in, you know, whomever is in that that area. Watch what they're doing because you get to learn. You learn what you like, first of all, and what you don't like, what you should do and Mm -hmm. what you shouldn't do. And then you get an idea of kind of the things that you should focus on as far as learning. You know, sometimes you'll look Mm -hmm. at something and say, I don't like the way that color is. Or, you know, I don't like the way uh, the picture is looking. And then those are the things that you'll you'll want to hone in on and say, how do I make this better? Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So you can check out any of our archives. You know, they are just rich with all types of jewels that uh, our guests have dropped. And it may, you know, something may shake that you can take and make it yours or learn from it. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to definitely check out the archives. There might be some people on there I can network with. That too. <laughs> yes, we all about networking here on Let's Chat. That is our thing, networking and supporting others. We are always, always big on that. We like to, when you have your book, uh, your, your when your book is released, make sure you, you know, tag me and T so that we can share it. We love to network with authors and uh, artists just because mm-hmm. I think that's part of that word of mouth. It helps to get the word of mouth going. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's so true. Now, uh, Selena, before you leave the chat room, and once again, thank you so much for sharing you and your journey with us, you know, because you never know who's listening on the line that can learn from the guests that that listen. We have so many people on the line that just you don't know where they are in whatever passionate journey that they're traveling. So we thank you for sharing your journey with us. And as you leave the chat room, we're going to give you a fun fun question. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what? 
What can I say for Miss Selena? Okay. If you had an alter ego, what would it be and why? Oh, my. Um, <laughs> what would it be? Now, who, huh? Oh, now if you, if you can change it up, girl, who would it be? <laughs> oh, man. And I guess it depends on the situation, too. I mean, oh, alter ego. Oh, wow. I don't know, really. Um, That one's kind of hard. I guess because I'm a person that's I'm kind of comfortable in my own skin. I don't mean that uh-huh. in a shallow or arrogant way, but I just never really gave it much thought. But uh-huh. since it's a fun question, I'm just, this is just random, so. Let uh, it out, girl. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh maybe Gabrielle Union. Oh. Would be my author uh-huh. or being Mary that? Jane. Just from a well, not her social life. <laughs> <laughs> but her career ambitions and the way that she ah. handles her family. Because mm-hmm. it's kinda of similar to how I am in real life. Career wise. Okay. And okay. how she's able to take on so many different challenges. So oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a so good MJ will be like my uh, alter ego. There you go. Now, Sticky, I'm glad you brought up being Mary Jane. What do you think about this new love interest? I don't like him. Not much. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's the only thing you could have picked up in the bar was that. <laughs> what else you got? You didn't even look. You didn't even have five good, five good things to pick from. You just picked. I mean, the first thing. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm with you. I I thought I was the only one. Actually, I was like. Oh my goodness! Why? I'm I'm not feeling that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Put a period at the end. I am not feeling that. Period. <laughs> yeah, I was not here for him. I'm not here for that. But her and um Michael Ely now. Now I'm here for that. I don't that. like him either. Nope. You don't like Mm-mm. Michael Ely? Uh, you know what? I know is... a lot of women like him, but I'm gonna be honest. Completely honest, this is my opinion. The characters that he played, they just—it's something disingenuous about it. It just doesn't seem mm-hmm. authentic. It, it never, his characters never grab me. They don't mm-hmm. seem believable. Really? They never seem believable. Even when he was supposed to be playing a thug in barbershop, it didn't seem believable. And, oh. and I'm not saying he can't act. I'm just saying that, in my opinion, he hasn't found that role that fits what I see in his personality. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, you know, besides the blue eyes, I mean, will we really be paying attention? No, his <laughs> eyes, it's just, it's some eyes that get you. It's like, oh, my God. Your right, eyes and that's probably what got the directors and those who write was to All capture right a female audience. But that's right. I could never see him winning an Oscar. Never. Uh, not right now. I mean, unless he receives the right role where he can step outside of himself. Like, uh-huh. for example, uh, maybe play a homeless man or, you know, a bank robber or something like that. He needs to play something that 
brings him out of that element, like um, baby boy blue eyes. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. <laughs> it just needs mm-hmm. to be more. Uh-huh. This is my Alina, you, you, you huh? see what your alter ego done did, girl? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to lose no potential readers out there. And I'm not hating <laughs> on the man. Not at all. But I'm just saying he just he doesn't come across as believable. So. Right. That's not Selena speaking. That's her alter ego speaking, guys. <laughs> Yeah, blame being Mary Jane. Blame her. That's MJ. <laughs> yeah, this all her fault for being indecisive and always keeping the wrong man. You know, this is not Selena's fault, though. <laughs> we appreciate you, Selena, coming to kick it with us in the chat room, sharing your time, your space, and your energy with the ladies of Let's Chat. You're always welcome back to the show whenever you would like. You have a home here on Let's Chat. Before you head out of the chat room, make sure you shout out all of your social media. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I appreciate it, and I enjoyed the conversation. If you want to reach out to me, you can connect with me on Facebook at Author Selena Haskins, Twitter at Books by Selena, Instagram at Books by Selena, and type me in on Amazon and hit follow, because if you follow me on Amazon, you'll get updates for when my new book is going to come out. Oh, Ooh, okay. Right. Let me go ahead let me go ahead follow. <laughs> follow so I can get <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, and you can visit my website to too to keep up with my blogs and also to listen to this interview again. I'm going to upload it to my website booksbyselena.com. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you ladies. I appreciate it. You are more You're than so welcome. welcome. And let's keep in touch, yeah. okay? I'm going to definitely tag you when the book comes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure you tag that. us. We appreciate you. You as well. You Thanks. guys have a good night. Okay, you, you too. too. Thank you. Oh, I love her You're energy. Welcome. I love her energy. Me too, Lee. We appreciate you guys <laughs> tuning in to Let's Chat on this Thursday evening. We're waiting for the fabulous Kimberly Jones to come into the chat room and press her one. While we're waiting, we're going to play a little music, and we'll be right back. This is State of Emergency. <laughs> bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to bitches, do? I'm sorry. Bitches. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I'm back. Corporate love and hustle, making money hustle, independent business, 24 struggle, on the block hustle, crooked cop hustle, no sleep in these streets, 24 struggle, on the stroll hustle, tricking John hustle, working the pole, that's your goal, 24 struggle, counterfeit hustle, politics hustle, flipping bricks to go legit, 24 struggle, overbooked hustle, writing books hustle,
um, Tobias Trevelyan, who plays the major in Empire, and Robin Givens, Darren um, DeWitt Henson, Keith Robinson from Saints and Sinners, Rodney Perry, um, Mama D, Young Jock, um, Messiah Harris, and it's based on a book. It's based on a book of the same title. Um, and I have a web series that I also write and produce on um, called About Him. And About Him is an anthology series, so every season is about a different him. So we're getting we're actually having our launch party for the second season um, on this Sunday. But the first the first season that we did was also based on a book of the same title. So now we have all new characters that are not from the original manuscript um, that we use, but it's been a very popular web series. Um, it's the number one um, urban LGBT series. Um, it was it landed us at number 25 on the LGBT Power 100 list, you know, above people like um, Frank Ocean and Big Frida and even Lee Daniels. So it's been an exciting ride with, with that as well. So now I'm excited that I'm in a position where I'm able to fuse my two passions together. Oh, wow, girl, you got a lot going on. You you making everything but sleep over there. You better go on and do the thing all thing over there. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's <laughs> right. That's right. We want to shout out Keith Robinson. He was actually recently on our show a couple of shows ago. If you want to check out that interview, make sure you hit our archives uh, at oh, com or on iTunes. He is so sweet. It's it's always just a a blessing to be able to, to network with so many dope people. I love to use the word dope because I, I just <laughs> – I've recently uh, moved to Georgia, and I have met, when I say I have met some dope people down here, I really, really have. Now, you are juggling all these things. You have all these different pots cooking on your your creative stove, (laughs) but you're also the senior vice president and head of programming for Best Television. Tell us a little bit about that. So that's that's an exciting new um that's an exciting new venture I'm working on with um with my god brother. Shout out shout out to West Coast. Um that's my god brother. He um he came to me like two years ago and was like he was like, Yo, sis, um he was like, T V as we know it is about to change and we gotta get in on the ground floor now and I was like, Okay, what are we doing? 'Cause I'm always game for whatever. I'm like, if it's about to up my game in some way, let's go. And so he <laughs> said that he was ready to start a Roku channel. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm down for that. So basically what Beast is, it is going to be a live streaming channel kind of similar to Netflix or Tidal or one of those, and it'll be a channel that will be live on Roku. Um, so that channel will actually go live in the fall, but it's funny because the other company that I work for, Signal 23 TV, that's the one where we put out about him, and we have like eight other scripted shows that we have right now that are on YouTube and Vimeo um, in the process of having dual duty because I do the same thing for both companies. So I'm the, I'm the head of programming for Beast, but I'm also the director of content development, which is virtually the same thing um, at Signal 23 TV. We already have such a built-in fan base. We already have like, you know, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube, and and uh, and we have been on successful, like, 13-city tours showing the season finales of our shows, and so I was like, you know, I'm over here working on this Roku channel, but we have so many followers. We need our own Roku channel, so the Roku channel for Signal 23 goes live Sunday, and then a few months after that, <laughs> the, the Roku channel for Beat, so come the fall, I have two channels uh, that'll be live. Oh wow! How do you? <laughs> I don't sleep. How do you Girl, you just over there doing girl. it? 
doing it, doing this daggone thing. But, you know, I tell people all the time, it all seems like so much has happened in, like, the last two years. Like, not to me, to people from the outside looking in, but it's like I've been I've been plugging away at this for 20 years, you know. So this is, this is that's why I tell people all the time, you know, stay the course, do the work. Like, one of my best friends is always telling me, you tell too many people your story is private. I'm like, no, I tell people my story because I want them to know that we all fall down. But it's about staying the course, staying committed to your dream, getting back up. I beat cancer six times and still pursue mm. my dream in the midst of it. You know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like you, you, you. It's like if death couldn't beat me, can't nobody in these streets beat me. And that's the way I feel about it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Girl, you better talk that talk. I know that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just staying the course and working. It's like and not giving up because if I had given up ten years ago, if I had given up five years ago, if I had given up two years ago, it's like I wouldn't get to experience the fruit of my labor. Mm. Absolutely. Now I want to go back because um, Tony, I don't know if you remember her, but we met her at the AANBC mm-hmm. Awards, um, hey. where they had the panel discussion. Okay. Was that last summer? Yeah, that was last summer. Yeah, it was last summer. And I'm super excited because I'm doing the um, the Access to Hollywood panel at the AANBC Awards this year on June 11th. Awesome. We will see you there. We will be there. We always come out to awesome. support the fabulous Tamika Newhouse. So we oh, will be there. We will be glad. Her. Yes, we'll be happy <laughs> to see you again when we get there. Now, yeah. I want to ask, what is the, out of everything that you do, where does your mm-hmm. passion lie? Writing is really my passion. Like at the root core of it all, it's the writing that that um that you know makes me happy. Because I know, like on About Him season one, um, my web series, I didn't write much because it was based on a book, and so the director and the author of the book they did most of the writing on season one. And so with season two, with us making it an anthology series and starting all new characters, and now we have a writer's room of, you know, close to 10 people that, you know, write on all the shows. So this season I got to actually write, you know, a couple episodes of the um, – of the show, and I'm now writing on some of the other shows that we have on Signal 23, and then, you know, writing my short story. And I actually have a YA novel um, that's being edited right now that I'm writing with a friend, um, Geely Siegel, called Mass Disturbance. She's white, I'm obviously black, and uh, it's about two girls who survive a Ferguson Baltimore-style riot, and so what happens is I write a chapter as my character, Lena, and then she writes a chapter as her, her character, Campbell. They're 17-year-old girls, and you get to see how differently they both see the same situation. Um, mm-hmm. So writing is my, pro- you know, that's my love. That's, you know, since I was, and I know all writers say this, but it, it's because it's true, it's just in us, it's just innate in you. Um, since I was like five or six years old and even started to learn to write, I would write, you know, when I first started learning to write, I'd write these little stories and go in the room and tell them to my mother. My mother talked about how when I was six, I'd come in and tell her a whole story. It'd be like three sentences on the page, but, yeah, I got a whole story to tell her. Um, <laughs> but that, that, that's my space. That's where I'm the most happy. Even at the networks that I work at, people are always like, when, 
what's your favorite part being on set? And I'm like, no, the writer's room is my favorite place, my favorite place. Mm, that's awesome. This is Tony, Kimberly. Now, that may be your favorite place, and you have your hands in so many pots. Out of all that you're involved in, what is the most challenging for you? Uh, I would say the most challenging for me is balancing personality. <laughs> when, you mm. are, when, you are the, when you are on a film set, it's not as bad with the script itself because the crews and the set, you know, the cast are small. But particularly when you're when you're dealing with a feature, you have as a producer, you have a lot of personalities to deal with. So you know the what we call the above the line actors who are like the leads. You know, you're their go-to person, the head of each department. So it's the head of catering, the head of makeup, the head of crafty. You know, the head of makeup, the head of wardrobe, the art department, all of those people, whether their day is going good, bad, or indifferent, if they need more money for their department's budget, if if somebody made them mad, if they're saying you're not doing the right thing, it's like the amount of personalities that you have to, that you have to manage as a producer um, on a set is, it's a lot. That's the most challenging part is balancing that and trying to keep your cast and crew happy, but also trying mm-hmm. to stay on budget because a good producer comes in on time and under budget. So trying to manage all the people and still do that is probably the most complicated part. Mm. That's a lot to be managing and be staying on top of too. Yeah, absolutely. And especially <laughs> you know, everybody personality don't always mesh with you, so it's a process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. That's that's right. It's, you know, and sometimes you don't mesh with every personality. I'm just saying, go on for that tea because some folks, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's just not possible for that to happen. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Yeah. Right. But, but I want to go back a little bit because you were a, you a book buyer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. I want to go back to to your days of being a book buyer. If you mm-hmm. could drop three jewels on authors, um, what would that be? Just from your experience as a book buyer, I would say this one I'll give definitely to um, to to independent to people who are self published. Make sure that your book meets all the specs. So make sure that you have your ISBN, that you have the title on the spine. Make sure that you go into a bookstore and you study books before you put that package together and make sure that if I if I give you some bookshelf space, that it's going to look the same as the books to Random House that I'm giving to, 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 um, to Scholastic or whoever else. Make sure it meets the specs because that's the first eliminator for me not to buy a self-published book is that, you know, I, I can't put it on a shelf. The, the title's not on the spine. And I would mm. say the second, I would say the second piece of advice I would, and I would give this to all authors, the secret key to selling books in brick and mortar bookstores is to have a healthy relationship with booksellers. There are conventions that happen all over the country all throughout the year that are saturated with booksellers because what happens is as a buyer and also as a bookseller in a store, if I had a great experience with you as a person, I'm more likely to hand sell your book. If I had a great experience with you as a person, I'm more likely to purchase your book for the store. So there's one coming up in New York right now that's BEA Book Expo America. Um, There is one that happens, um, the American Booksellers Association. If you go to their website, it hosts all of their events. All these big conventions run through them. So if you go to the American Booksellers Association, um, 
of websites, you'll see all of them. There's Children's Institute, there's Winter Institute, there is BEA, there's BookCon, there's all of these conferences that happen throughout the year that are for booksellers. And you have anywhere at one time between 700 and 1,500 booksellers and book buyers, especially at BEA, because they're there on the trade room floor to buy. That's what they're there for is to buy. And so there are parties, there are luncheons, there are networking meetings where the whole thing for you as a writer is to get to know booksellers. So you may not have the reach to get to somebody in Wyoming, but they're right there. And you can talk to them, you can pitch them, you can make them have a great experience with you, and then they'll buy your book. And then they'll, they'll hand I, – I can't tell you how many books I hand sold. Um, the book was good. Not saying that the book was – I'm not going to hand sell crap, but the book was good. But I love that author, and I want to see them win because I had this great conversation with them at BEA. Or they gave me, they gave me some great advice at Winter Institute. And so now I want to see them win. So instead of ordering four or five – which is what I probably would have done, I might order 10 and make sure to beef it up and push it. Um, the third piece of advice that I would give them is write a good book. You want us to sell your book, it needs to be good. I would listen to the last person talking, and she made a great point. It's like, you know, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be well edited. It's got to be multi-drafted. It's got to have a great story. It's got to have a compelling week. What's your elevator pitch? Can you be with me and in 30 seconds have me wanting to buy your book? Without having gone on, like I, the first, the first guess I want to buy those is based on the title. So it's mm-hmm. like okay. the pitch of your book. <laughs> the accidental swinger. I'm like, how you actually <laughs> fall into something like that? Right. Well, wait. Like, that that makes you wonder. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. You know, we always got love to talk that talk, but we like to do some fun questions. Tony is really good at these fun questions. So she's going to hit you with a few. I'm ready. (laughs) Well, um, I just want to thank you for those three jewels you just dropped. People are in my inbox like, what was the first one? What what else did she say? Those were some some jewels. And our listeners are listening and taking notes. So thank you so much. I'm sitting here taking notes too, Lee. You know that's what I'll be doing. And I don't normally take notes, but I'm like, hold on, let me me get my pen and paper. Okay, I'm ready. Yes, I got it. Make sure your title is on the spine. Have a healthy relationship with your booksellers and Make sure you have a good book. Have an elevator pitch. Did I get it, girl? <laughs> you got it. You got it all down. <laughs> Thank and you and so we, much for that. we talk about that elevator pitch all the time. We went to the Harlem Book Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for the first time. And the way they pitch their books are so smooth. Like, they're mm-hmm. not just throwing mm-hmm. up the synopsis. The pitch of the book is no. so smooth that you can't help but to – Buy the book, and you're not really paying attention that that book was twenty five to thirty dollars. I'm just saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Kimberly, exactly. Leisha's being modest. She goes to this book. These pitches be so so on point. She have to leave here with a new suitcase full of books. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere that girl goes, they pitches. <laughs> Oh my They're like, see, we gotta go buy us. I gotta go buy a bag for my books. I'm like, girl. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for passion. Passion is my thing. That's why I did my event, the Eat and Greet, uh, this past March. 
uh, author's passion, or uh, you're not even an author's passion. A person's passion for what they do is mm-hmm. like my Achilles heel. But an author that can pitch their book the right way, the, see, that pitch is part of that eye candy. That cover is part of that yeah. eye candy. The title, is. that's that eye candy. All of that is eye candy to a reader, a real reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you have some readers yes. that are readers, but they only read particular people, particular genres. But you can get me to read anything if it's on point and that eye candy has got me pop- it's popping. I'm like, oh, well, let me go one-click this. <laughs> it's it's, exactly. it's not me now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the key. Well, Kimberly, my, my, my fun question for you, because you just came in here and just swept everything up. on It, it just, just made it yours. So, you know, you are my hero tonight. So I want you to tell me if you were a superhero, what would you be or who would you be? It could be anything. And what would be your secret key power? Hmm. I would be, okay, so I would be, my my name would be The Real, but it would be, it would be spelled like a movie reel, so R-E-E-L. And I will have a utility belt that will have everything you need in any situation. So not just like a physical, like not just like physically fix it, but also like mm-hmm. if somebody was sad, it would have like happy spray on the utility belt. Or if somebody was um, needed money, I could have like a magical wallet that could just open up and give them whatever they needed. So it would be a, a utility belt to heal people. But for the for the bad people, I would have like movie reels, also old school movie reels on my belt that I could like throw at them and decapitate people. Girl, <laughs> girl, you get the you get the superhero award tonight. Lisa, I just tossed that out there. She done gave us a whole synopsis. That sounds like a book, Kimberly. Yes. Well, I cannot. I, I might, I might have cheated a little bit because I used to run a summer camp called Heroes and Villains, and I was, Ooh. I was the villain camp. I was the villain camp counselor, and that was my villain camp counselor was the real. So I cheated a little bit. I, I love it anyway. I still love it. <laughs> and I was sitting here picturing it as you were saying it. <laughs> That would be me, the real. Thank you. I like it. I love the spin on the spelling as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for joining me and Alicia here on Let's Chat. You know, you are definitely always welcome. The chat room door is open. But before you leave us, share with our listeners all your social media and any projects that you want them to be aware of. Okay, well, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Dark Tone Kim, that's D-A-R-K-T-O-N-E-K-I-M, and you can find me on Facebook, and it's under Stream Queen Entertainment, and I know everybody loves that one click, so just go to Amazon, look up Kimberly Jones, Grandma's Hands, and get my my, uh, middle grade chapter book, Grandma's Hands. Awesome. Now, did you say Stream Queen Entertainment for Facebook? Yep, yep on right Facebook. <laughs> That's All right, I'm going to go over there and send you a friend request. There you go. <laughs> well, thank yep, you so much Instagram for joining us. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. This was such a fun interview. Thank you. Yes, we you know, appreciate you for coming and sharing your time and your space with us. 
No, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I'll see you ladies at the AMBC Awards. Okay, you have a great evening, Kimberly. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. I love that interview, Lee. She had me, she was on point, all five-star points. I'm going to just put it out there on the table. <laughs> okay? Yes, she really was. I enjoyed her her energy. And her energy, when I say her energy, y'all, it's like that in person. She's just really friendly, really bubbly. She's just really just a sweet. Her her spirit just kind of is the first thing you meet um, before she even mm-hmm. speaks. And so she is really, really mm-hmm. awesome. And I appreciate her coming out to support me uh, in March at my event, coming on last chat, coming to support us and then share her. Fabulous jewels. If y'all didn't get them jewels, y'all is missing. Mm, I'm going to need y'all to head on over to the archives on blogtalk.com, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. It'll be uploaded to SoundCloud uh, by tomorrow. Make sure y'all go and get those those tips that she threw out real quick because those are things that authors need to have. Make sure y'all check out these bookseller events, booksellers, American Bookseller Association, um, the BEA, BookCon. I think BookCon is in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. You want those are important things that you need to know. Make sure you have good relationships. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Personality yeah. is key. Personality is key yeah. in this industry across the board at all times. So I appreciate her dropping that knowledge for people that might not didn't have that information um, or things mm-hmm. that maybe they were thinking about how to rise up and step outside of the box a minute. And she really, mm-hmm. really, really blessed you guys and blessed me and Tony with some fabulous jewels and information. Make sure if mm-hmm. you have Roku, you look out for her channel that are going to come out and add them to your Roku stations. We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us this evening on Let's Chat. We will see you guys tomorrow. We'll have author J.D. Howard and author Peter Mack on here talking that talk. We're going to pay a little Uh-oh. bandana bonds on our way Uh-oh. out. Peter Mack coming on. You know I got to start. I know. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Same chat time, same chat channel. Everybody. Loaded. 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 Uh-huh. You see this five phone cup in yeah. my hand? That bitch loaded. You see this cigarillo yeah. big market just rolled up? That bitch loaded. You see this yeah. extendo hanging out the side of my hip? That bitch loaded. Let go. Walk up in the bank with a
nigga. You stay loaded, I stay loaded. You heard me? Yeah. 